0: You're with Vivian Edgecombe and Laura White and this is the Life in Colour podcast where we're changing the conversation around life without children. Hi everyone, today I have the great privilege of interviewing Laura for this episode because uh, we each have a a different story and I think each of our stories bring a different perspective to this, this subject. So Laura, um, thank you for sharing your story with us today in advance. Okay. And I wanted to kick off um, just by asking you to tell us, you know, give us an overview. What What is your story? How did you get here? How are things now for you?
1: Yeah. Um, and Thanks, Viv. I'm really, this is so exciting to be doing this. I think it's going to be really helpful for so many people. So yeah, I have, I guess my story into where I am now not having children is, is it's different to yours in the sense that I've gone through infertility and all of that, all the tests and treatments and, um, everything that goes with that. So I had my first miscarriage when I was just turned 34 and, um, I got diagnosed then. I had, um, I had a, they had called it a DNC when you go past a certain um, weeks where they they have to take out the the, the embryo. And um, whilst they were there, they they discovered doing that, they discovered I had endometriosis, and it was really obvious I had it for like I've always had very painful, very painful periods, and. Um, and so from there it was kind of like okay you've got endometriosis you've had a miscarriage and then I had a bunch of tests done and it was came back as really low AMH and um that I was told that I needed to get a move on and all of this and it was very this sense of urgency and you know your your time is ticking and, and I felt that so much like I felt that like, the weight was on my shoulders I felt that wow i have all this to do and it's all on me and my body isn't responding and it's not doing what it should do and how like why a lot of anger that the doctors didn't discover that i had endometriosis because i've been to the doctors a lot i didn't have a laparoscopy to investigate why i had such painful periods anyway all of this and then um had a few rounds of ivf and they failed and then my partner and i um we got pregnant when um I was 37 and I had another miscarriage and that completely, um, floored me, like, because um, I didn't think that I would, like, I just, I don't know, and had it in my mind that this was it, this was it. My life was sorted and therefore, um, you know, it was all rainbows and happy happy thoughts or everything that you can imagine. And, um, my relationship broke down after i had my second miscarriage and i i it was ter- i fell into a terrible depression wow it just really then um blew up and 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 since then i've tried to do do it by myself actually having lots of rounds of ivf and freezing my eggs and not getting many eggs and oh it's been a journey like of like you can imagine and um i yeah. And I don't say that lightly. Like I, if anyone's listening to this and had a similar, similar experience doing it, it puts a lot of strain on a relationship and, and, and I'm sure that people can relate to that. And then even if you're doing it by yourself, there's, there's, the world I thought and the whole model of gynecology and Male doctors and how they talk to you and his in- inhospitable womb—that's what they would say—and you know, kind of as you get older, you suck getting called geriatric, and oh, they, <laughs> yeah, just 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 terminology that is not helpful. Um, it's it feels like a very lonely ride, and I was really at rock bottom, and um, and then came across this this kind of understanding, which is what we we we're pointing to which has helped me hugely hugely i was um i was living in australia and i had it was the end of my um i had just had my uh, second miscarriage and also my relationship had broken down and also i'd lost my job because i couldn't hold a job because i was just not mentally able to and i don't know why but there was a nudge an email came into my inbox about a retreat that was in Melbourne and I was in Sydney, which is quite far apart from each other. And I didn't, I just lost my job. It's not like I had loads of money, but something within me was just like, I have to go on that retreat. They didn't even say what it was about, but I really respected the lady that was holding it called Fiona Lucas. And when I I got there, it was by, she had a guy, um, um, a man called Jack Pransky. She was co-hosting it with, with him. And and I mentioned this because like, I, it's interesting to know the challenge that I had at really getting my head around this understanding. Like, I honestly, there's an assumption and, and, um, in, and we're not really taught anything other than that, that everything that we think is believed, like the, that we're at the mercy of our circumstance, mm-hmm. that... Um, you know, of course I am depressed, of course I am anxious, of course I am, you know, when I look at my life ahead of me, I don't see a very positive one because of all of these things that have happened. And I've been dealt a bad hand and I've just got to soldier on and deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was getting some really useful really, like information from my from my mind because the circumstance was was giving me that and so I trusted it and so when my when I tanked like emotionally I I never questioned that that was I just thought that was normal and then I came this this conversation was kind of talking about your experience a kind of the kind of fluid creation of thoughts that of appears in the sensory reality like so you you're experiencing your thought um through feeling and that it's all coming from the inside i was like how dare you how dare you tell me that that i'm responsible for how i feel like that's not fair because all of this stuff has happened and you don't know Mm -hmm. and i got really defensive and really i remember challenging jack francy quite a lot um about about it I was like well no no no, you don't understand what I've been through so you can't tell me that therefore it's just my fit just my thoughts yeah. and I never really I didn't it took me so thank god it was like a retreat like an immersion of three days because if it just been like a, a day or whatever you I would have walked away just going I, I honestly think that's really offensive <laughs> <laughs> um but as I settled and my mind settled I started, and I think this is the real thing. And I started to, the question that came up was like, what if it's, what if what they're talking about is true? Mm -hmm. And it was just that question, that curiosity, that dropping down the, I know everything, the, um, you know, I know for a fact that my life is now screwed. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know that because, I can see all everyone around me who's having children and I can't have that. And um, I just started getting curious and going, no, what if it's true that we really do live in a moment to moment experience through our thinking? And then if that's true, we're, we're, we're feeling the effect of our thinking, then what is it about that? Because actually, therefore, There's lots of thoughts that come and go in my mind all the time. And and then I started to think, to realize that, oh, right, actually some days I don't feel that bad. Like some days I have really quite all right days. I have quite nice days. And it's because I don't really think about my infertility. I don't really think about the fact I don't have children. I'm just having a nice time with my friends or just, just I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm just in life. I'm just being in life. And, and then I started to think, well, and then the, the little voice in my head will go, well, yeah, well, that's just because you've forgotten. Or, you okay. know, it's because it, it still doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, the, the reality of it is still true. That, you know, it's it's still a fact, but I was like, no, 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 no but what if it is that, you know, what if, what if my state of mind dictates how I feel and it's not the external circumstance. Mm. And I, and I forgot about this, this conversation for a while. Um, you know, I really heard something that really resonated with me as I've said, and then life happened and I moved back to the UK and, um, I kind of stepped out of the conversation. We 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 typically call it the conversation or understanding. And um, I forgot about it, but something deep inside me didn't forget about it. And when I say that is in the sense that there's something that drew me back towards it, even though during that year, year and a half, I'd got to a point where my anxiety had got so bad um, that you know, I was, en- I ended up not leaving the house. And I also wasn't working again. And that's when I came across a lady called Nicola Bird, who um, runs a little peace of mind. And that was really the turning point for me. Um, when I started to look at trying to get rid of my anxiety, actually, because that's what I felt was really overruling my life. And from there, looking at this understanding from an anxiety point of view view with Nicola and her courses I had so much more relief around um my journey with infertility and childlessness because this understanding has far-reaching um I guess benefits or it, it yeah
0: implications
1: implications that's the good word yeah in terms of everything in our life it's not just listening to this podcast just to get some freedom and a different way of looking at your journey with infertility it's really when you start looking at what is true for everyone and how we create our experience no matter what that is then everything in 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 your life will change and that's what I have found and it's and it's been amazing and then I and then I started to get a little bit more curious and thinking well and the and more curious I got, the more expansive I felt. It was like going from feeling really restricted to know exactly what um, my life would be like without children. It was very, you know, black and white mm-hmm. to this really expansive feeling of possibilities. So I was like, wow, okay. So not only um, do I forget that you know, of, of the fact that I don't have children and I have a really nice time. But also when I look to it, I can see that there's lots of people that don't have children and have a totally different experience to what I'm having. But the fact of not having children is the same. So how can we as a human race have totally different experiences of it? Mm. And that got me thinking, because I was like, therefore I'm making it very personal about me the whole time. Yeah, And... When I stopped making it so personal and I look to the the more universal aspect of it, that made me realize that wow, there's just not that I've I've really just been putting on one, like you can imagine that you know you're what you're seeing is a movie. I've just been playing the same movie mm. the whole time and I've been the lead role and I've not realized it's a movie. Mm. And the illusory effect of that as actors, there's like all the special effects. And I've just been hook, line, and sinker in the, you know, in the thick of it. And I didn't realize that there's the opportunity to go and put on a different DVD. Just, that's about sharing my age, but, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean, right? There's yeah. you know, there suddenly became an element of choice. Yeah. I think that's so
0: pivotal or important or something that element of choice, because uh, I think there's such a common thread between, well, you and me and people that I talked to who wanted children and couldn't have them who feel like their choices have been taken away. And that there's no way of getting them back, really, like, that's it. You, you, you know, there was this choice that you wanted to make, and you can't make it. So bringing back that element of choice into the equation is um, is huge.
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 it, and not to say that, of course, when you're in a low state of mind, it doesn't feel like you have choice. I mm. get it because yeah. you can't see it because of the feeling, right? That's what I like. I started to gauge more and more of the feeling, the the fact of no no when I'm feeling like this when I'm feeling like constricted and anxious and stressed and overwhelmed and like there's no choice this like I started to see that that was the different relationship with that feeling was like oh no that's telling me that I'm buying into this thinking that isn't real Mm. I've 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 started to really believe again that I'm the lead role in this movie and it's 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 reality and and that's okay because we're human beings um but when you start to realize that anywhere your mind settles and it changes and thought different thoughts come in there's this unlimited potential that's when you realize you have choice because there's different thinking that comes to mind there's different thoughts there's Mm -hmm. different perspective that couldn't Necessarily get in before because I. Uh, it's not like it, it, maybe it could, but there's 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 more of a noticing of it when you realise actually how you're creating your experience yeah. is through thought. Yeah. Um. Something you
0: said about that you're buying you you you're using now your feelings as an indicator of of something different that you're that you're not, you know, when you're in that down mood, you're, you're buying into the, that whole maelstrom of negative thinking. And I love that because yeah, that's, that was my experience too, that suddenly I realized that feeling wasn't telling me about my life. It was just telling me about my thinking. And that, that really just shifted so much for me. And that was, I just wanted to share that because that's what I heard from you too. And I think when we start to see, when we start to get that different relationship with our thinking and with our feelings, um, things yeah. can really start to shift.
1: Yeah. Oh, massively. They they shifted massively. and And, but I want to say something about that because I think it's really important because I have this incredible memory of when I really started to see that this this feeling of peace and well being that I experienced that I hadn't experienced. I had fleeting memories of experiencing, but you know, I was really impacted by this understanding, and I guess by being by being connected to that and experiencing that really increased my resilience um, and the, and the strength that comes with that. And I feel now I have this capacity to be with the full range of my experience, to be able the full range of my emotions. Yeah. So I do like, I remember getting into this understanding and I felt like, Oh, I'll get it. And then I'd get down again. And I'd be like, oh, I'm 10 steps backwards. And, mm. and I kind of beat myself over the head with this, we call it the three principles, mind, consciousness and thought. Why am I still feeling grief? Why am I still feeling down? And I shouldn't be because I know it's my thoughts. And I don't see that now. I don't see it like that at all. I don't, I see that it's the health of the human body, right? Like I am i don't feel like I have to push my grief away. I don't feel like I have to push my sadness and my disappointment away. I don't, not it, not because it defines me and not because it means anything, but because that's part of the health of the whole human experience, and that all feelings are part of that health, and that there's healing in them, and that there's wisdom in them. And it's allowing, I guess, the space that supports me the most to allow myself to feel and to recognize when I'm trying to use this understanding to get myself out of what I'm feeling. Mm. So I feel now there's like much more of a capacity for me to be present and to know that it isn't a reflection on anything. It's simply what's available uh, for healing. And and sometimes like, I'm not saying this is a, like a linear path. Like you, you have to, you start to appreciate how the experience is being created and therefore poof, you're you're fine and your way to go. Mm -hmm. Not at all, but what it does because that because that's kind of impossible to not have thoughts come in but it builds your resilience to it so when I feel grief and I still do it's it's not necessarily and and it's not necessarily limited to one specific moment it's not like something has to happen and then I feel grief just some unresolved grief comes up Mm. and it can be a bit discombobulating really because sometimes it feels like you know what I I don't know what I'm relating it to but I just let it come up and I am appreciating that I'm going to feel grief sometimes because I don't know I have some thinking around that or even if I can't even identify with what that is there's just grief and then I'm listening there's a listening to yourself that instead of trying to push feelings away I'm listening in a way that I'm being kind to myself So if I know that I need to have a big cry or if I know I need to curl up on a sofa and watch Netflix all day, like I kind of honor that. And with that, it means that my feelings move through me so much quicker um, because I don't, I'm not making it mean anything about the external circumstances. I'm just honoring what's coming up and the health of that and the wisdom in that. And I think that's what's been really, I've seen that more and more and more because I get down. I'm sure you get down days sometimes, Viv. And it's, there's, it's, there's, but there's a resilience to that that I feel has been built up over time. Um, looking in this direction. Mm. Yeah, it's an
0: interesting um, way of putting it because it's, it's kind of an uncovering. To me, like that, the resilience was always there, um, but we were so so busy focusing on on whatever else that we didn't notice all the ways in in which we're already resilient and and that we were already um, walking walking a path. You know, we're always taking steps, whether whether they seem like big ones or not, and uh yeah that was something that really revealed itself to me too that yeah um and it kind of takes a lot off your mind doesn't it like to know that you are resilient at your core um means you don't have to worry about it when those feelings come up um you don't have to as you said try and push them away or um not have them or whatever they're just feelings and they're part of our human experience we're built to have all of them
1: yeah (laughs) they're they're part
0: of the design and we don't have to worry about them and I think that's part of uh, a big part of what gets us into such a pickle you know turns into depression and things like that is that we worry about having feelings like we we put extra layers on if you like yeah yeah Uh, and when you when you're not putting those extra layers on, that's a big weight off. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the person that is perfect. Yeah, I got caught up in the trap and thinking that I shouldn't be um, that I shouldn't be in insecurity that I shouldn't be personalizing my experience. And sorry if you can hear a dog, <laughs> which is uh, where I think sometimes this understanding can come back on us a little bit because we think we know too much for our own good kind of thing and we forget our psychological innocence. Yeah. Um, and I'd say, you know, that's the health of our emotional experience. So it's, it, it's helpful to know when you're taking something sick personally, mm. if you don't judge yourself for taking something personally, right? Like, it's yeah. helpful to know that you're caught up in insecure thinking. If you don't think you're wrong for being caught up in insecure thinking. It still happens, but um wow, it, it just moves so much quicker with a different relationship to it. Mm. And because of that, I have found I have more space and more room in my in my day in my life to I guess just I to for more different thinking a different perspective to come in um because when I am down I'm all I'm all right with that I know it's okay not to be okay mm. and it flows through and it doesn't come as often because of that and um and when it does I'm all right with that mm. it doesn't f- it still doesn't feel great but you know that saying what you persist um what you resist persist sorry yeah um, it feels like you're trying to suppress a fire, um, whereas, you know, by blowing on it, whereas <laughs> we're kind of like saying it's like the, recognizing that in that moment, the only thing you need to really do is, is be kind to yourself, mm. um, which I'm, I'm, I'm noticing more and more. And then from there, I, there's a, there's being more congruent with what, I, I want to do moving forward so I haven't necessarily ruled out that I won't have children probably not in the conventional sense but because I can't but it's not coming from a space of fear like it was mm. like it like I'm missing out or I need to um yeah like conform right I, I, you know when you look at Instagram and you see all the happy like I want that yeah like if that doesn't happen for me then What's what's the point? But no, there's uh that expansiveness, that unlimited potential of thought. There's there's a there's a a kind of I'm noticing the breadcrumbs that feel right and following them and find myself going in a direction that at the moment, like I'm investigating adoption and I'm like, well, maybe that's what's right for me. And it feels right. And if I feel suddenly constricted and it's coming out of a lack of because i'm less than or you know i'm having to do this because to fill a hole then i'll know because the feeling will change yeah and I, and i and that's the difference really here like it's totally um, a different relationship to the feeling mm. and i think that's what is important to for, for 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 people to start contemplating just to get curious what if what if that feeling that you're in is telling you that you're taking you're thinking very seriously at the moment and you know it's, it's it's a it's a it's a friendly guide to wake you up to that fact as opposed to the urgency that you feel that you need to address something yeah
0: and that's um that's lovely what you're saying about you know looking at or following the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. because it strikes me that making a decision from that more, much more grounded kind of place, whatever that decision might be, is surely going to be a more balanced decision. I don't mm-hmm. even know if balanced is the right word, but, you know, rather than, rather than making a decision to try and fill a hole or making a decision to try and feel complete or, you know, you, and when you're doing something like that you are whatever the situation you're putting your well-being on the outcome of that decision and if the outcome of that decision is a child then you're putting all of your well-being on the shoulders of this little person
1: yeah
0: <laughs> and and I, I mean i've seen that i've seen that many many times with people who do have children you know who who put all of their happiness on the shoulders of their children, and it's not fair for a start. And yes. it doesn't work that way. And once you, once you start to see that your happiness and your well-being come from you and not from uh, your situation or somebody else or you know whatever it might be that's that's not you, um, yeah. then then that gives a whole different spin to any decisions you might make.
1: Yeah, yeah it uh, that's such a good point it's such a good point it's amazing how much um yeah like we kind of how how much I did everything out of a fear out of fear mm, yeah before um and I didn't realize because it was just normal yeah and um and I and that's why I was so adamant that of looking in this direction because it just annoyed me that people didn't I guess pity me like get on the self-pity train with me and you know kind of be like you know that is really awful like you poor thing let's give you some strategies to try and get you out of this and all of that and I and and to to to, to, to have this whole different paradigm really at looking at really what was going on. like I said, and I don't and I'm sure that this might resonate with a few people. Is the challenge of that is to just to really let go of this what you assume and you don't even know it's an assumption because no. you, it's just re- to you it's just reality. Yeah and but it's reinforced
0: right by, yeah. by oh, most yeah
1: of the messages, the vast
0: majority of the messages that we get are this is terrible you poor thing um yeah. you know and and like you say when it can be a bit confronting when someone uh sits with you and actually knows that you're okay yeah, and you're, you're kind of not. going back hang on a minute I'm not sure I am okay <laughs> yeah. and they're and they're just there knowing you're okay and it's kind of a bit uh, gets you a bit off kilter I think
1: yeah it does. It does. It really does. Until there's a just that thought. What if? Mm. What if? And then it's like, and that's that's like there's a shift. And I think that's when I think back, the curiosity that what if was what you know really got me um, got me on this road. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if there was one message then
0: that. You would want to give to people listening because it's probably just about our time to wrap up. Yeah. Um, what would that What would that be? What would you want people to hear?
1: I guess I guess the one message would be I know that there's so much emotion and um, that comes with this experience of childlessness. I know there is, and it can be very hard to hear anything else. So, because it's something that like you said, like it's a society's expectations as women and men that Mm. you have children and that's the norm. And, um, you know, if you don't, if it doesn't go for you, then of course, of course, life is going to be X, Y, Z, and you're going to feel the way that you do for a very long time and you have to deal with it. And Mm. there's so much that's up against the grain of what we're saying, really. It's like, there's there's existing exum- assumptions, and what we're really try- doing is we're kind of flying in the face of that. Yeah. So, uh, I guess my one message would be just to to listen from a place of not what you already know, not all the, what it's already been, you know, um, yeah, not what you, what you already know, but come from a place of I just real um, curiosity. And put on the shelf what you already know, and come with a an open heart, an open mind, um, the willingness to possibly hear something different, and just tune into that that feeling of it. If it feels good, what we're listening to, then 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 just keep listening in that in that way. Mm. You know, it's a difference between being in your head and trying to get this and what are they on about. But if what we're listening to you, what we're saying is just bringing a feeling, then you're on the right path. And that's all we're saying is just keep listening, keep listening, because that's what I did. Um, I got into my head, obviously, of course, it's just a given, but there's a feeling with that as well. So it's just tuning into that, that feeling really. And um, yeah, sticking with it. Yeah. Stick with us. Yay. <laughs> Well, thank you so
0: much, Laura. That was really yeah. a lovely conversation. And um, I'm sure that lots of people will find it helpful. And we will be back again with another podcast episode next week. And in the meantime, if you'd like to find out more about Laura's work, you can look her up on LauraWhiteCoach.co.uk, yeah. And my work is on vivianedgecom.com. So uh, thanks for joining us. And we'll be with you again next week.
1: Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.